Welcome to the Carveline Tech Service Podcast, the go-to industrial coatings podcast. Here are your hosts, Jack Walker and Paula Jamis. Welcome to the Carbline Tech Service Podcast. I'm Jack Walker. With me, as always, is the Director of Technical Service. That's Mr. Paul Ajamus, trying to help you out. I love the pause. Maybe now <laughs> the auto transcript can get it right. They're never yeah, going to spell it. the name right, but no, at least it'll be Paul. Paul is a minor start. I mean, we want to... <laughs> Baby steps. Probably, Probably should acknowledge where you came from. You know, not many people are into that these days. There's all kinds of regulations and laws. Like, I'm not sure what bathroom you're supposed to use anymore. But, uh, you know, you're person. I am a he, him. We love you. It's fine. It's okay. So, not to get further down those weeds, but we have an interesting topic this week. We were actually approached by our rail team, and they stumped us. Yeah, I really was not expecting the conversation to go where it went. And then, you know, we had a little pre-show talk to figure out what it was that was going to be talked about. What a great, intriguing topic. You know, a little bit of the nerd in me comes out when I see these kinds of things. And, you know, we've got some really great video for you for this one, which, again, caught me off guard. I didn't realize that this was the way they did this part. So really great new information, kind of a little different than some of the stuff we've done in the past. And, you know, by all means, if you're a listener to the show and you have something you think is interesting or intriguing to the industry and you want to be on, shoot us a message. Technical service at carbline.com. Call us up. Any of the 800 numbers, you know, you can hit us on the chat. It's the tech service team. Reach out to us and we'd be happy to get you on if you've got something that that is interesting and, and that we talk to the world about. Yeah. So anyway, we're going to have Joe Foster on. He is a sales rep for us in the rail group. And he called us and he wanted to talk about the third side of a rail car. And uh, we'll let it go from there and let you guys see uh, what we're talking about. So here's our interview with Joe. Okay, joining us this week on the Carbline Tech Service Podcast is Joe Foster, and he is a sales rep for us in our rail division. He's down in Texas. Hey, Joe, how's it going? Doing good. How are you guys this afternoon? Doing really well. So Joe called me about a week ago, two weeks ago, something like that, and he, he brought up an interesting topic, so much so that I was like, I don't even know what you're talking about. Let's <laughs> do it. He said that he wanted to talk about coding the three sides of a rail car, and I was like, you know, I, I thought I was good at math, but yeah, exactly. Uh, so Joe, <laughs> why don't you go ahead and introduce this concept to our listeners, viewers, about the three sides of a rail car? Sure. So three is tricky and essentially it could be four, but basically there is on some tank cars, a side of the car that you can't see. Basically the tank car has a product on the inside of it. There could be a number of commodities inside of there. Let's say that it's a gasoline. So there uh, potentially is a, a tank that is containing the gasoline. And then outside of that tank, there is a small space. And uh, in that space is insulation. Um, also, there's uh, heater coils in that space as well. And then outside of that space, which is about four inches, uh, sometimes slightly more, is another outside of the rail car. And what it is, it's called a tank jacket. Essentially, that's what's painted with the car number and the information about the car. That's what you and I see when we see it going down the rails. However, there is a tank with, uh, within a tank, so to speak. 
And, you know, that when you said third side the original time, my first thought went to, well, we all know there's a bottom to it. Is that what we're talking about? <laughs> it never dawned on me of the the inner wall between an inner and outer part of a tank. And, and it is something that comes up a lot. It's not uncommon, but it is uncommon to have an actual procedure as to how to inspect it, what it looks like, and what you have to do. Sure. I mean, if you think about, again, the absolute bare bones foundational reasons that we're coating these surfaces, there's, you know, part of it, they vary inside of the inside, so to speak. It could be for product purity, but for the most part, this is corrosion protection. And just because we can't see those two sides of the metal that are inside and protected, doesn't mean that corrosion, you know, isn't going to be in those areas as well. So leaving them uncoated would be foolish when you're spending the time investing the money to protect the asset from the outside. You know, these are very similar to how we do insulation out in the field for elevated service. And I'm looking at this going, well, of course you would have to coat this. It's definitely a place where corrosion would be accelerated even more so right. than in regular areas. I think one of the things before we go too much further is you took a video and I think we should show that to the people. So if you're listening to this, you might want to go over to YouTube and you might want to take a view of this video where Joe walks us through. We actually go and look through one of the holes that they cut open for inspection. You can actually see this quote unquote third side of the rail car. So let's go ahead and play that now. What you can see in this video is on the inboard side of the sill, they have cut an inspection patch in there right there. They're looking at the toe wraparound well. After they get through inspecting those welds and getting their sign off from uh, QC and NDT, they will cut a patch to fit and re-weld a patch over that hole. After they're welding it, depending on the location of the patch, sometimes it'll have to be siliconed as well. It's painted over. These areas that you can't see are some of the hidden surfaces that I was referring to when I said the three sides of a car. This is the outside of the inside and virtually the inside of the outside of the uh, tank jacket. So again, you got the tank shell, which is the product containment. And then outside of the tank shell is where you have the tank jacket. And in between the two are heater coils and insulation. Wow, Joe, that was really informative. So when, when I look at that, I even more so see that as like very similar to insulation and high heat service that we see more commonly within the industry. That's true. And so, you know, when you think about these surfaces, one might ask themselves, why are we talking about it? Why, why isn't our already done just like you said, or when are we going to have the ability to be back there? As we've talked about on previous podcasts, rail cars, for the most part, tank cars go through approximately a 10-year qualification cycle. At the end of that qualification cycle, the lining is inspected, the exterior coating is inspected, as well as some of the mechanical portions of the car. Those welds on the tank, especially for containment, are incredibly vital to the safety of everyone that's anywhere near a railroad. So those welds have to be inspected. It's not uh, uncommon for you know something traveling on 36-inch steel wheels on steel rails after 10 years of getting drug around at 40 miles an hour, a crack's gonna appear. That's why repair shops exist. And so what they'll do is cut out those holes that we saw in the video. And when they put those back on, there is a regulatory requirement that says that it has to be reinstalled the way that it was originally constructed, which was coated. And so the steel, what the shop applies for the jacket patch is generally off of a roll that they cut to the right size. Everyone thinks about painting the outside of it. They've got to remember that it's a regulatory requirement to paint the inside as well. 
Alright guys, I want to talk to you about Phenoline Tank Shield. This lining is designed for the internals of tanks, valves, and pipes. It is good in a wide range of chemical commodities. It's good for potable water, it's good for fuels, oils, all of those services it is incredibly great for. You get plural component performance out of a single leg product that's huge and it doesn't have any solvent in it. So that's the Phenoline Tank Shield guys, you definitely need to check it out. And so roughly, Joe, how many of these access panels or holes do they have to cut every time they do an inspection? Man, you're going to get me in trouble with my... <laughs> <laughs> I would have rather tried to guess my anniversary. I think it's eight or ten. So it is a lot. It's yeah. not... <laughs> Generally, are about 10 inches by 10 inches in size for most of the inspections, especially outside of the bolsters. Insides on the belly, sometimes they can get bigger and longer. And then if there's trouble or issues, they can, they can definitely grow. So variable in size, but generally they're peeking at the exact same parts at the exact same cars every time. I have to say, I was struck as to the extent of this. Primarily, my first uh, introduction into painting of rail cars, you know, was probably, boy, it's coming on 20 years ago now. And I didn't realize that they cut this many holes in them this many times. And to see them as they go down the road or down the tracks, you don't notice that many of them. Now, granted, yeah, like you said, they're normally going by at 30 or 40 miles an hour. So it's hard to see it. But I never noticed that there were that many patches in it from inspections. Right. And remember that this does not apply to all cars. This is going to be for tank cars only. And then for the tank cars, there are two types at a very high level is jacketed and non-jacketed, which means that some of them do not have the outer shell, uh, which means that don't cut a hole there. That's the real tank. <laughs> and I only say that for one reason, and you know why. It's, it's happened before. I promise you it wasn't me, but I saw it in person. So You saw it in person. That's a bad day. That's a real bad day. That uh, is a very bad day. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about the corrosion mechanism there. So we have a jacketed tank. So now we're going to carry heated cargo. That's my assumption there. So now you have heat that you're adding in. And as we know, when you add heat, corrosion goes up, right? And now when we talk about it being jacketed and having insulation, well, guess what it holds in there? Moisture. And so now moisture and heat now we got a real good corrosion cell going on the inside of these jacketed tanks. Yeah. If you don't mind to parlay off of that, it's, it's actually a little worse. So when I spoke earlier about the heater coils, these are serpentine coils that are welded to the outside of the tank that just like you said, let's think of a commodity like molten sulfur um, poured into the car in a molten state. However, uh, not too long from then, it turns into a big yellow rock inside of that car. And the only way for them to unload it is to, they take the coil inserts on the bottom of the car. They're literally uh, two inch pipes with female nipples on and they hook up steam lines. So they're putting steam in there as well, which you know is going to create some condensation. And that now you're really going to make an extreme corrosion environment. One other thing that I noticed, and this is purely just the nerd side of me coming through a little bit. When they bring these cars in for inspections, we notice that the the wheel assembly, the trucks, is that what they're called, were mm -hmm. removed. Is that how they do that for every one of these? When they bring them in, they fully disassemble all the, let's say, bolted on parts and do a full inspection that way? So I'll say this. What must be inspected is very heavy, heavily regulated, and there's procedures lined out on exactly what to look at. The method in which people gain access to and look at those areas is really a choice of their own as long as they have a procedure and they're following their procedure. Yeah. Depending on the assets you have at your shop is going to be your capability to do that. 
if you can jack a car up and get the wheels out of the way, it makes life a heck of a lot easier because just as many things as you're looking at on the car, you're looking at in that truck set. There's a lot going on there. There's a, upwards of 36 springs in there that are kind of keeping the truck bolster level. Uh, obviously, you're checking wheels, brakes, roof liners, pedestal adapters. There's tons of stuff going on. So in my experience, the further you could get all that stuff separated where you could really take it apart, the better, better look you could get at it. Yeah, I guess it's not that different than a car mechanic. Some of them take the hood off when they do an engine repair. Some of them leave it on. Just Absolutely depends right. on what they have available. Yes, sir. So let's circle back around to that jacketed tank and talk about the type of coatings that we would use to protect the steel inside that cavern, for lack of a better term, that's uh, created when they put the jacket on there. Well, if it was me knowing the environment that it's going to be in, remember this is out there on the shop floor and these patches were probably just freshly cut to the size that, of whatever the hole was and probably not going to cut it until it's time to use it is the way that most shops work and they're trying to get it painted and dried probably within a couple of hours or they're waiting on paint to dry and no one likes to do that so be looking for something that is very high solid something that's very quick drying definitely something that's safe to maybe be applied by aerosol or by brush, something that's kind of out in the field, definitely not done in a booth or a clean environment. For an exact coating that's gonna fit your need, we've got multiple to do it. My recommendation will be to reach out to any one of us on the rail team. And as, as you guys may not know, but something I would like to share is the reason I'm bringing this up now is it's because the time is now. There's a projected boom, so to speak, and qualifications that's supposed to take place over the next two to three years. It's 10 years, basically, qualification cycle. So you can basically look back to the new construction trends from eight through 10 years ago and be able to look at what's coming up today and then the next two years. And back in 2014, 2015, new construction was at all-time highs. And so it just tells you that at that same time, 10 years later, which is 24, 25, there's a rush. And people know that, so they're even shopping cars a little early to try to beat that rush. And so a lot of repair work's about to be getting done. Just got to make sure we take care of some of the basics like this that are easy to forget. Sure. So we're looking, you know, when you say high salads, a lot of it's going to, I'm assuming, is in the epoxy family. Yes, sir. Um, so with that, keep in mind, we've described all these things, but we haven't said one word that's very important that comes up with this, and that's immersion. And so we would consider this immersion uh, type service. So that's even more important when you consider the things And I highly recommend that you do reach out to our rail team, the most knowledgeable rail team in the industry. You won't find a better group of people. They know the rail cars inside and out. Heck, they stumped the, the hosts of the Carboline Tech Service <laughs> podcast with his three sides of the rail car. So with that being said, Joe, unless you have anything else to add about this topic, I think we've kind of covered it pretty well. Yeah. yeah, thank you guys for having me on. And if any of this is something that intrigues you but still confuses you, just let any one of us on the rail team know. We'll be more than happy to dig, dig into this a little deep. Absolutely. Absolute jinx. <laughs> Again, so uh, thanks, Joe, for joining us. And uh, for Paul, I'm Jack, and we'll see you guys next week. All righty. And so, for the Carboline Tech Service Podcast, I'm Paul. And I'm Jack. And we'd, we'd like, like to, to thank, thank you for, for your support. support.